The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Hey, nerds. Discover your geeky haven with Twink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Use code WINGEEKS15 for 15% off your order. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. (laughs) It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am group. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what we need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue. And tonight, Highland's got issues of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the Intrepid Trio, Eric, Kylan, and myself, Mike. Before I ask how we're doing, Kylan, you hear us, yes? Barely, but yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> How's everyone doing? So far, so good. Uh, gentlemen, what would you say if I told you I have brought into the lair Cyclops? <laughs> I would say, let's hope Odysseus doesn't find him out. Uh, wrong Cyclops. Oh, wrong Cyclops. Wrong Cyclops. Maybe the Scott Summers type Cyclops. Oh, that Cyclops. Yeah, that Cyclops. More Marvel, not Greek mythology. Okay, got it, got it. <laughs> well, we have with us for this week's issue, Keith Sutliff, who is doing a fan film project called The Cyclops Chronicles, or Cyclops Chronicles. There's no the, but no, The Cyclops Chronicles sounds great too. Cyclops Chronicles. Um, how are you doing, Keith? Doing good, sir. How are you doing? How's everyone doing? Doing great, except for Kylan, who's still fumbling ears. I'm wondering if he's got his cable in wrong. Anyway, um, tell us a little bit about the project. Yeah, sure. Um, so, yes, yeah, so like you said, it's a, it's a fan-based uh, episodic. Um, uh, the idea came about uh, beginning of the pandemic, uh, maybe like a month or two after the pandemic started. I was with my producing partner, and um, we were just talking about ideas and stuff for, for future stuff we could do. And um, he brought up, uh, we both kind of start thinking, brainstorming, and thought of the Cyclops uh, origin story of Scott Summers, which has never been done before by any uh, Fox studio or even as a fan-based project. So um, and there were some other influential 
factors. Like I was a couple of people like that I've known over the years of stuff kind of hit me up like, hey, dude, you would be, you know, great for a uh, you should do like a Marvel movie, a Cyclops or something. You look perfect for it. You look, you know, you could probably fit that part. I was like, oh, that's that's a good idea. Um so there's some other influential things. And that was kind of a coincidence at the time because we were thinking about doing it. Um, so we said, uh, okay, let's do this um, this origin story. Scott Summers never done before. It's a, a, a fan base episodic for free um, for people to go on like YouTube and Vimeo. Um, and uh, it's just uh, this backstory of him. And, um, you know, and we tried to make it uh, as accurate as possible with uh, it being true to the character in the comic books mainly. Um, I know there was, there was some complaints and people I like I read online saying that the um the one in the Fox movies wasn't like Wolverine was kind of the alpha male overshadowing him and stuff and like um uh Cyclops wasn't seen enough and there wasn't enough love. So um we want to show like in the comic books like this he's the leader of the X-Men and uh and, and be true to the comic book, but also her own take in on the character as well. So we decided to make this um fan-based episodic, which I've never done before, something like that. So I've done features in the past and stuff. And um, this is kind of our first fan-based episodic, and it's a treat for X-Men fans fans, and um, comic book fans and Marvel fans. So it, I know um, Clint with October Coast mm-hmm. uh, sent us a screener of the first, I think the first episode. Right. And this is the first time Clint has actually hooked us up with someone for this show. We Be Geeks, he, he's been awesome. So I was like, ooh, Cyclops, Marvel? Perfect. Hopefully, you know, love to have you come back more when 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 you get more of the show in. Yeah. Where where's are there episodes out now? No, this so this is the first episode. Um, it's a shorter episode, but we wanted to make this first episode a um kind of a teaser episode to to get people excited about the whole series um and draw people in uh before we start releasing any future episodes later this year and next year. Um, so yeah, so there's nothing out yet. It premieres. The first episode comes out next month, probably the end of next month. April, so that's uh, that's what we're doing. But the whole thing is to get people excited about this this whole series with this first episode. I can't speak for my cohorts here, or partners in crime, or however we want to call. But <laughs> me personally, I thought you were fond of the term co-conspirators. There's that too. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, the Troublemakers Three, um, <laughs> two thirds of the Troublemakers. Um, like I said, I, I'm not going to speak for them. I love the teaser, and I can't wait for the full episode to drop. And I am. I'm excited for this series. Um, as people have told you, yes, I think you are a perfect modern Cyclops. And honestly, I hope this project gets the attention of Kevin Feige or whoever ends up bringing X-Men to the MCU and you get tapped for it. No, absolutely. What was, I'm sorry, what was the first thing you said before that? You are kind of, kind of, I think, before the uh, before the MCU, you said something before the, not this, about, yeah. Oh, you being the... Was it, well, Cyclops or something else. I don't, it's fine. I was wondering... I, I no, I... I think you're you're the you're you know, everyone who's told you you you've got the look for Cyclops you, you do and I I honestly feel that when it comes time for the MCU to bring the X Men in you you should be tapped. Uh, no, I appreciate that. I, I think right now I don't I can't think of anyone better. And at this point in time, I would love to have a an independent film star or or an unknown um, get that role and really really bring it to heart. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I really appreciate your words, man. Um, that, that would be awesome. And, and you know what? that's uh with this role and stuff i've never done something like this before um um you know it's a fan-based project uh this is we want to like i said before we want to give a different twist on the cyclops character
character. Like in the comic books, he's this he's a he's a badass. He's a rough, freaking um muscular ripped dude who's uh, a huge alpha male. Um and he takes charge as a true leader does and kicks ass and takes names. And that's what I think what people I heard this people were told me that's what's missing in like the other movies and stuff, which that's their opinion. But um we wanted to make this a different version of Cyclops. This guy's a real uh, hard ass. So that's kind of what this is what we're trying to portray with this. And um I hope fans love it. I hope they watch that f- first episode and that's um it's for entertainment. I really want people to enjoy this and um you know show what I can do as a filmmaker and an actor and also what can be done with this character and also in a different limelight what how it can be shown on screen um for Marvel and for um for X-Men and Cyclops. So we, we talked briefly before we, we started recording. Um so we asked, did you go eighty eight? <laughs> and you said right now speedometer only shows eighty five. Right. <laughs> what what was what was the choice behind because you know it's it's the teaser uh screener we saw so you know what that's like watching the obi-wan teaser right. um if you're okay with it we're gonna spoil it uh, it's only a few minutes yeah, yeah go ahead. um what led to the choice of scott summers owning a delorean and driving the delorean instead of a motorcycle good good question i'm glad you asked that um so like we said um so we wanted to throw some little easter eggs into this whole series and um one of the things we thought of what's a little unique and original that's not been done before and um uh, is uh, something else uh, what's like I said different from the original stories and stuff is this DeLorean what he drives throughout the whole series and um, that's also a, it's a little treat and a also a um, little nod to DeLorean fans DeLorean owners and uh, Back to the Future fans in that audience as well so it's a different audience that we want to give a nod to and a little treat to um, the DeLorean hasn't been seen like in future a whole lot since Back to the Future there's been like yeah. movies about like, dr- like driven it's like the story of John DeLorean like little things like that but um, not like an actual series or another like big like a bigger movie or something so we decided this as a little unique uh twist on the characters let's put them you know let's put them in the lions do something a little different here so that's that was what we did will we hear the song power of love come across the radio in the series <laughs> that's Ned credits man you ruined it you ruined it for all the fans <laughs> I will say it is odd to see a DeLorean out on the road yeah. uh, because I mean, I've seen a few, uh, I've seen a few around here, but what's particularly weird about seeing a DeLorean out on the road is not seeing all the, the techno stuff on the back glass. Right. Yeah, you know, like the Mr. Fusion and yep, the yep. Uh, the reactor and, and those big honking vents. Well, just to see to see a raw DeLorean, not one that's yeah. been turned into a time machine is great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And what's even rarer, and, and I only say this because the car museum that my wife and sister-in-law worked at before we got married, we had a legit factory-made red DeLorean in the car museum because there were oh. there was uh, red, black, and I believe the regular stainless. There were only um, I think with the red and the black were the only two paints that would stick to the stainless and not chip off or flake off. It was especially made paint for. It. Those yeah, were the only two colors. Okay, I've seen them. Yeah, I've seen them. I've seen them painted in red and gold, like online at least. I pictures, but I've never, you know, besides that, besides the stainless steel body, that's all. I've seen them in those. Colors. The red's gorgeous. The red's gorgeous. I don't want the red. I want the 
traditional silver, than yeah. traditional mm-hmm. steel, but right. yeah. So speaking of the the DeLorean, the the scene where you see him, uh, you you see Scott pulling up to the Overlook. Right. Where was that shot at? Yeah, so that was shot in Santa Clarita, uh, California, which is uh, in L.A. So just north of L.A., uh, just north of Burbank, really, there's Santa Clarita right there in Valencia. It's like it's mountain, deserty type of terrain. Um, but it was kind of funny, the back history on that location was... We were supposed to film in Lancaster, which is like an hour and 15 minutes away from where, uh, from LA, basically from like Hollywood and, um, a lot of productions going out there, but it was, there was just like, uh, this big open field with like these hills and it, but it was too windy. It was way too windy. So we couldn't do a lot of stuff we wanted, like the drone and stuff. So we ended up moving production that same morning to Santa Clarita and my, um, my cinematographer was like, Hey, there's a spot I know of. Let's go here. So we just packed up and we went there and, um, actually worked out for a lot better. Actually looked turned out a lot better. It was very dry. Dramatic. It almost had a, uh, almost like a Lake Mead kind of look. Yeah. So, all right. So the thing is, I I think it's an interesting choice that you're wanting to, that you chose uh, Cyclops because like even now, I mean, Wolverine is the sexy character, but the the thing is Cyclops was the chosen leader for a reason. You know, Uh, I I think that, uh, is there, did you take inspiration from any particular comic? iteration uh, of Scott Summers or are you, are you just did you just look at the whole of his the history of the character like the, where did that inspiration come from right um you know i i man i like literally bought like down from my place in hollywood i bought like 15 x-men comic books of like just cyclops uh the um classic x-men uh uncanny x-men um uh, x-factor like uh mm-hmm. cyclops and phoenix like all these different comic books and i went online actually and i bought some cyclops origins the comic book if there's an ebook online the comic book and then a whole mm-hmm. bunch of other ones online and i kind of took a whole from all those and drew inspirations from all those comic books together um, and came up and try to follow the stories as much as from what the script was written um, and especially the first episode to make it accurate to the comic books because I want fans when I see it you know it's our interpretation obviously is what's producing this but also it's really based on the comic books so um, it's a combination of all those I would say together not just one in general um, Mm -hmm. but most of them you look at it like he's he's a kick-ass type of guy he's not he's a muscular alpha male dude who just he's a warrior he goes out there he's he's a he's almost a warfighter i mean in, in a lot of the comic books so that's uh yeah it's kind of a combination of all of them cool do you have a particular favorite story arc about cyclops that uh that you can remember off the top of your head or um you know what i find it um it's interesting with well you know what there's a lot of stuff to cyclops character um in reality, Cyclops, he, uh, since in the Cyclops origin story, he wants to be cured of this whole, um, of optic blast, which I found unique. And he's complaining to, um, Professor X about it. And, um, he tells Scott Summers, Hey, you have this gift and it's a gift to lead people. And, you know, this is something I trust in you. So I found that unique, um, in his character. Uh, and it's also just unique how this whole, um, optic blast came into fruition with him. It was a, I don't want to too much of it, but basically there's a plane crash and and one of the comic books with his family involved, him and his uh, sibling like parachute out of there. And then he starts getting these migraines later on after this crash. And then he finds it, then he starts developing the whole optic blast in his eyes. So that was very unique as far as um, how that all came about. And that's something I also were um, going to try to tie into the whole series as well. So. 
Yeah, one thing that I thought was was unique about Cyclops as opposed to other members of the X Men, um, most of most of the others, you know, their their abilities, their powers is something they have to concentrate on using. Whereas Scott is the exact opposite; he's got to concentrate on not using it. Yeah, because right. those I beams are on all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, true. Um, no, no. You go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, I was going to just touch base on this part of the first episode for people who. Um, who watch it who don't understand it um it that's kind of touched upon because there's a part and i'm kind of ruining it i'm spoiling it it's fine i mean it's, it's, people want to watch it but there's a part where he takes off his sunglasses um mm-hmm. and there's this flash of red beam comes across his eyes uh because in the uh in the comic books there's this drug called banshee um in a series of comic books where he takes the x-men take this drug called banshee and it, it um enhances their powers but it also enables them to control their powers like scott summers where he can take off his sunglasses and and he has it shows like well in, in the conflicts it hasn't his eyes are just always pretty much like red like a red flare coming out but he's able to control mm-hmm. the last um okay. but the drug banshee is what's enabling him to do that and they took this drug to fight off this other mutant force what's trying to threaten like the world type of deal so um so yeah, that's that's something was touched upon in the comic books. I'm sorry, in, in this in the series, and also that's from the comic books, which is about his powers, you know, him not and not not wanting him and controlling him and all that stuff. I was gonna ask about that, so I'm glad you touched on it. That because um, I know he talks, you, you, the character talks about the Banshee briefly in that, um, and I, I was curious why you went that particular direction uh, for for the character, right? Uh, and, and, to, and to go there right from the start. Yeah. Um, no, a good question. Um, you know, I thought that, so he talks about in this first episode, it's, he talks about, um, he's kind of like almost over, like he's sick and tired of, like I said, he wants to be cured, like in the comic books, especially it shows us in uh, X-Men Origins comic book. He wants to be cured of this disease. Originally, he's like, he wants to get a doctor to fix it and stuff. And he thinks he knows a surgeon who can help him out. So in the series, he says, you know, um, he's looking for a cure for this disease for a long time and only medication control it and this banshee drug and uh um it's kind of like the beginning of the story of this journey he goes off into which we want to show it's beginning of this episode for the whole series of um of scott summers that he's like you know what um i've been trying to do this power for the longest time and uh just be a normal person living among society and not be a you know an x-men or anybody who's like this special person but um He's sick of it. He's sick of trying to control these powers and taking this medication to, to inhibit it. And he was, he kind of almost realizes like, hey, he's here for a reason. He was assigned leader of the X-Men for a reason. And he's here to do a certain job on this world and this planet. So it is what it is. Screw it. Tosses the bottle off. And he's kind of like uh, off the ledge. And he's like, um, you know, it is what it is. I'm going to live with this as this uh, optic glass, this power I have. And, um, you know, uh, this is who I am. And I'm Scott Summers. And I'm the uh, leader of the X-Men. This is my 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 mission on this, on this planet. So that's kind of what that whole symbol... Uh, symbolism is for that beginning episode mm-hmm. so we thought that was kind of unique to launch the series like that and get people excited too like the sunglasses are off then he puts them on there's this push out shots of him with the sunglasses on he drives off the DeLorean so to save the day that deal I, I, I have to admit uh, if if Scott was going to drive a car I, I, I could see a DeLorean I, I don't know it's just, I know for the most part we see him in a motorcycle mm-hmm. but I, 
I, I think it fits. <laughs> oh, well, I guess the question is, could he use the steel off the DeLorean to bounce his optic blast off of <laughs> if he without destroying the car? Enough. Without destroying the car. That's that's again. That's the whole point of stealing steel. It's supposed to bounce. It's supposed to be your reflectors, but it bounces off, so he can't hurt himself. <laughs> there we no. go. I mean, so on these. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Okay. So these. Uh, you said this is going to be like a uh, an episodic uh, serial. What? Right. Uh, what's your target for these? You know, are they going to be like you know half an hour, full hour? Right. So, uh, uh, no, good, good question. Sorry, not to cut you off. Um, this first episode was very short, like five minutes or so, but uh, we plan to keep them anywhere from 12 to 15 minutes. And that was for a reason. Um, there's a lot of different series, uh, like the Mortal Kombat series, which came out like uh, eight, 10 years ago, whatever. Um, by, uh, mm-hmm. so anyway, it was a big hit. Um, and that got picked up by Warner Brothers, actually, for like a whole second season or they picked it up from a fan series. But um, I've seen, I did a lot of research and like I, like I said, I come from the future film world and stuff and uh especially for like youtube and a lot of this stuff what's going on live streaming the shorter the better the people's attention spans are very 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 small unless you have something really really captivating interesting they really want to watch like a full hour of or like mm-hmm. 45 minutes so we want to make these no more than like 15 minutes 12 to 15 minutes as a target range um so it's kind of like we want to have these as short episodes that people can watch between little parts of downtime so you'll see on like the algorithms for like google and youtube after a certain amount of time i think it's after like four minutes minutes or so three or four minutes like it drops off significantly more and more and more mm-hmm. every like five minutes so so yeah shorter the better great great lunch time or work break yeah. watch lunch break stuff yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah which for for video i, I think is great uh i know for us mm-hmm. audio wise we we try and aim around that hour mark which is i think fine too because you know with commuting you know if you don't want to listen to the radio you can throw on a podcast and you know listening to a podcast is like listening to a, to a morning show or or drive Mm-hmm. It's the right. same amount of time, so right. Uh, so okay, it's a, and I, I don't you don't have to answer this question because I don't want to spoil any future story arcs or possible story arcs or anything like that. But Scott has an interesting family and an interesting background as right. far as uh, those familial relationships go. Uh, is that explored in the series? Yes, yes, to a certain degree. Okay. Yes, to a certain degree, it is. Yes, um, not till a little bit later on, but these first few episodes, no. But yes, okay. that is something what we are in the works of writing and developing for three, for future episodes later on. So okay. the answer would say yes, but not till later. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, it, it, gets, it gets complicated because I was reading the comic books and like I didn't know all these things about Scott Sarnes with his dad and like mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And I'll, I won't spoil too much, but it gets very complicated. Like yeah, with all that. And, and that was something that they kind of touched on in um, the animated series, too, which yeah. I was shocked that they were going to do that. And I'm like, hey, uh, yeah, I'm like, I don't understand why nobody's even mentioned certain space pirates in, um, you know, in any of the X movies, because that would have made for a really interesting story. But OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. The animated series. Yeah, I love the animated series, you know. But- mm-hmm. So with, with this 
first season. I'm assuming you're doing seasons. How many episodes are we looking at? Let's start with four. You get about four, maybe five most. Okay. Um, we want to see, especially with this first episode of Peel's reaction, um, and go off the first se- season and maybe the first episode too and kind of sprinkle them in as the year goes on. Because um, we want to see if people are really intrigued by it and they're, they're mm-hmm. entertained and, and going to watch and, and tune in. That's what we hope. So um, it has a big following, but um, you never know. So uh, especially with you know film entertainment. So well, tell you what, guys, how about we do an auction? How about six? Six? Do I hear six? Six episodes. Six, six, <laughs> six. <laughs> Seven, seven, eight, eight, eight. You you keep going up, man. I I would like. I'm I'm, I I, I'm I'm just intrigued to see a quote unquote true depiction of of Cyclops because unfortunately in the movies a lot a lot of times people just see him as a Boy Scout, right? Yeah, you know, you know, and they're just like, oh, you know, he oh it's it's Cyclops, you know. I, I have friends that like that they can't stand Scott Summers, and I'm like. <laughs> the movies don't really do do them justice. I mean, but if you're but you, like you, said, it's the comics where you get to see them, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'll admit, I've never been a big Scott Summer fans in the comics because I I thought as a leader he was way too cocky. Yeah. To to, to truthfully be the real leader, I mean the the early stuff, the classic X Men, probably up through the eighties, still perfect. I think it was mm-hmm. once we hit the nineties, maybe early two thousands. I thought that Scott was coming more on I, I didn't mind him still being alpha but i thought he was almost too cocky to to, to really put himself in front of the team types I, I know i'm not making sense or maybe no, I, I know am. what you're saying i but i think the problem i hate to put it this way but i think the problem was that because wolverine is a sexy one they had to almost amp up scott to this point where well if wolverine is like this loose cannon and just going to do whatever he wants. Scott's got to be even more so. And you're like, uh, I, you know, uh, you know, I mean, it gets to the point where you're like, are you, are you really, are you really this guy? Or are you just trying to outshine this dude over here? Yeah. You I, know? I, I thought the irrational, the irrational decisions, I think that's the, the phrase I was looking for. The irrational decisions he was making in the comics, uh, I thought hurt the character a little bit, the original integrity of the character. I wouldn't necessarily say he was cocky. I would say, he was definitely overconfident mm-hmm. okay. and and definitely had more of a an overdeveloped sense of self okay not yes. I, I could take that yeah it's kind of like it's my way or the highway kind of thing I know what's best yes yeah and no one else can no one else can can do this as well as I can no one else can can shoulder these burdens like I can yeah so right yeah I, and I and the, on the other side of it is was this oh no almost religious worship of Professor Xavier, depending who was writing him, you know. That, that but at, at the same time, I got, I, I get it though, you know, but yeah. Well, Xavier becomes the, the father figure Scott didn't have after he lost his family. And that's true too. So, I mean, I, I'm okay with that, but you know, I, I'm curious with, with everything we've put out there, I, I'm going to say he's more of the Scott Summers expert than we are. Right. Keith, what do you think of what we've been saying? Well, no, you guys are so, you guys are more knowledgeable than me. Now, I'm listening to you guys. I, uh, I guess I grew up watching the, um, the 90s cartoon. I had some of the comics growing up, but I really, um, I mean, I really learned the most about his character uh, doing the research uh, for, for the project. But um, I think you guys sound a little more knowledgeable than me. But I mean, I know just a lot, you know, the stuff I've, I've read recently um, 
on him. But you know, I do to touch base that there was parts in the in the Cyclops Origins comic book where he does appear like that, like a little bit in the beginning, like he was like this pretty boy. Now I'm thinking there was some that pretty boy overconfidence parts where he's like this pretty boy thing, kind of like in the movies. Um, but there's other comic books where he's not like that. I mean, there's there were some where he has like a beard and stuff, and there's some where he's just freaking like a hard ass. Like so, it's like in each comic books, there's different some um, there's slightly different. Um, interpretation or different um, ways he's seen slightly a little bit different. But yeah, he's, just, you know, obviously a confident, um, you know, person, obviously. He's a leader of the X-Men and such. So, so I, I got to ask this question. How much are we going to see of his love life in this? Because, you know, there's the the classic, you know, Scott and Jean dynamic. Right. But there's also after she supposedly died and he wound up getting married to Madeline Pryor and, right. you know, having his son and, and all that. And then all of a sudden, oh, Gene's back. <laughs> See you later, honey. I got to go meet with the first one. Yeah, yeah. No, um, the, that's shown. We want to show some of that um, like later on as well. But these first episodes, he's kind of like this renegade out in this um, out in the desert type of deal. At least in the first episode, we have that. And then the second, I don't want to spoil too much. But uh, I mean, all that's shown throughout the season um, later on. But in the beginning, we don't want to, we don't, we're not going to dive. We didn't want to dive too much into that whole love life part because I mean, a lot of that stuff's seen uh in a movie like they have in the um in the, in the fox movies with the gene gray and stuff so but uh, a lot of that is shown later on i'm assuming we're not gonna see the x-men costume in this first season when when <laughs> when we do get to the costume there's gonna be more than one season if not yeah uh, we'll, we'll send kylan after you with his broken headphones or broken connections <laughs> um, of course he's not here at the moment he dropped off i wonder if thursday has something to do with that i hope she didn't I don't know. She's been kind of sassy lately. Yes, she has. Um, where do you want to see the X-Men costume go? Are you going to do something original or are you going to mer- you know, do a do a, um, a meld of favorite parts of different costumes? Are you going to go with a specific one specific right. look? We you know what? That's a good question. I was thinking about that um, this week. You know, we uh, not the what much we want to show uh, Magneto come up here in this first season in the first. Uh, I don't want to tell you exactly where but i don't want to spoil too much <laughs> but but i can tell you so with the costume so what we're trying to do with this whole season this is good a good thing to touch base on and with this whole thing in general like how chris nolan did with the batman and like how that uh joaquin Phoenix with joker like how they modernized kind of that these 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 comic book characters and they made yeah. it more related like in everyday life even though x-men okay yeah, these have these superpowers it's hard to make that like that powers like, you can't you can only make that as realistic as it, as it can be right like they're gonna have powers is what it is but like joker for instance you know, like schizophrenia and all these things and they made like like an actual person what made it like a believable turn into like this criminal basically so and like how uh, Chris Nolan's Batman was like this guy you know obviously Bruce Wayne he's a rich guy and then uh, became this 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 knight this guy at night you know goes out and kicks ass so um, but it shows the human side of him so we're trying to do it that with this we don't want to make it too like we want to make it more modern not so like fantasy like I mean it has the powers obviously you can't get around that but I'm saying like for the costumes they answer the question uh, like for instance like Magneto and some of these other guys, like we want to come up with something of our own. Um, we have, there's different prop houses and stuff here in LA, but like something was a little more modern, something was a little different, um, but not something exactly like the comic books, but something was pretty badass. I can't really actually answer the exact question of what it's going to look like, but something was a little bit different from the comic books and from okay. the, uh, not the exact traditional stuff, but something a 
looks like that. Yes. So kind of almost, kind of almost the approach of the original X Men film, where yeah, very, very loosely based on on the comics, but still kind of had their own, uh, had its own touch. Right. Yeah. It, I more. did kind of get that vibe a little bit from what Scott was wearing in the teaser. Yeah. Uh, that that jacket that it, it kind of looked a little bit like uh, like Logan's in the uh, in the uh, the Fox the, the first X Men movies. Right. And I'm just kind of like I could I could see this working. I could definitely yeah. see this working. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 Hundred percent. Um. You know, put a little style to it. Is the DeLorean obviously, but also has the the black leather jacket with the yellow stripes and uh, the sunglasses. And um. But it, it's kind of just a cool a cool look. You know, just a, it's it's more. It's not too costumey. That makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not too done up. It's not too done up. Is that? It looks when you see like when you look at the at least what our opinion was and what we we're trying to show. Like at least we look at the still frame of that and like you see that on, on the screen. It doesn't look too animated. Like too like is it too much of a costume? It looks like okay, this is a guy maybe as a biker or we don't know. Like, okay, it's oh it's got summers. You know, badass sunglasses, all that stuff. So so uh, on a related subject, we know that a central part of whatever costume Scott has mm-hmm. is the visor. Right. And in the movies, it was always he's got to be you know dialing up the visor here mm-hmm. but i remember in the comics it had almost gotten to something like on his glove where he could just like rub his fingers together and adjust the visor up and down right. yeah, like that um anything that you can share on us how that's going to evolve if that's going to uh if it's going to be more towards the comic side to where he doesn't have to touch his temple every time to, to shoot off a beam or and, and i know you may may not want to spoil things kind of that way but I, i'm just wondering what conversations what what kind of thought processes has right. gone into into that at this point yeah no it's gonna, yeah no nah, it's not going to be where he's touching the visor uh, <laughs> but not to like spoil too much but um but yeah we want to we, we want to get away from that um and make this more like i said it's more of a different it's more modern with with that, that sense but uh but not with the whole visor touching thing which it made sense but at the same time if yeah. if you're running along and trying to do it like yeah, this it just kind of looks Silly. So, yeah. Um, I am looking at our time. I mean, I know we still have time in the episode or in the issue. Sorry, we have issues. We have issues on the but, show. But I know we don't have much time with Keith. So I want to do what we've been doing with guests recently. I want to flip the tables, have Keith ask us a question or two. Sure. So yeah, definitely. Table is yours. Well, now, how did you guys, Um, are you guys, uh, what, what, what's your favorite? I mean, how did you guys get into the whole Marvel universe? Is this growing up with it? Or what? Like, I mean, like you just always had a love for x-men i mean well how did you guys draw into yourselves uh okay my the first comic book i ever bought was uh i think it was a reprint of submariner number one that was in the drugstore uh in some town down in tennessee and at the rest (laughs) it just went from there (laughs) honestly it did so that and i think the uh spider-man tv show and the incredible hulk just kind of added to that for me anyway the one of the first comic books that I remember owning and reading was a Conan uh, when uh, when Marvel the, was running it back in the early 70s. So, yeah. And then, like Kylan said, you know, the, the Spider-Man TV show, the Incredible Hulk TV show, Spider-Man and his amazing friends and all that good stuff. Just over the years, it just uh, it just it's just grown on me. I, I, th- yeah. I think we're for Marvel. What started it for me was Spider-Man on Electric Company initially. Yeah. Yeah. That's my first regulation of of Marvel. It was 
Spider-Man from Electric Company. And then um, I remember with the Scholastic Book Club stuff, I was able to get a subscription to that comic. Yeah. Um, then from there, I think I started watching, uh, but I, I was also anything superhero on TV, a Super Friends, even though it's the other company, uh, I was all into. Um, mm-hmm. When Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends came out, I watched it. Uh, the Fantastic Four stuff, I, I remember watching. Uh, mm-hmm. But book-wise, shortly after that, of course, something that came out, um, first issue, believe it or not, came out March 8, 1977, was issue one of Star Wars. Uh-huh. And I got hooked on that before the, the movie came out. And I'm like, oh, this sounds this sounds cool. And then along the same time, um, I want to say, I was still reading Spider-Man comics at the time. Uh, shortly after that was West Coast Avengers. And I got into West Coast Avengers quite a bit. And, and that's what I was reading Marvel-wise quite a bit. Um, I I really didn't get into X-Men really at all until actually my, my brother started collecting shortly after. Um, and, and I read some books, but uh, I want to say I was more into X-Factor. Mm-hmm. And then um, X-Factor I read quite a bit. I actually enjoyed X-Factor. And then what's the one with the, uh, was it Jubilee? And then, uh, oh, the green guy who still Excalibur? Pops. No, he's, he's still power. He, 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 mm-hmm. Oh, I can't. Oh, wait, hold on. No, he, uh, ooh, um. They were like a sewer group at the time. And then they were taken in by the X-Men. Um, so it was like boom, boom. Runaways. No, it's not runaways. No, I know you're talking about like a, a like rusty a, boom, boom, jubilee. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I know where you talk. I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of their names right now. They'll come to us after show. It yeah. will. Like usual. Yep. So, um, yeah, that's this mm, savage land. I, I, I know you're talking about two, and it makes me juggle my mind. I'm like, who are they? I just don't have the name I'm trying to find right now, and I can't find it. Because I love, he, he looked like a green mark, you know, the typical green Martian character type look but he had the ability to absorb powers not not like um, not like Rogue where she steals them and drains them from you just touch and he's able to have that power mm. if I remember the character right yeah so, no I'm trying to think off my head who it was but I know you're talking about um, so yeah that, for me that's where well, that's where I got started about like with the Morlocks yes okay maybe yeah maybe it is the Morlocks Oh, well, so now I'm going to go look. Um, I guess, any other questions, Keith? Yeah, I mean, what do you guys... Um what um, what interests you guys the most? I mean, we kind of talked about it, but um, like I know this hasn't been done before. This whole Cyclops thing. Um, do you think the Marvel fans are gonna? This will be something that's really gonna draw their attention. That uh, people are gonna be really, hopefully, interested in. Yeah. I I I would think so. Be, only because I not think of it in these terms. I know how popular uh, certain brands are with like superhero beatdown and uh, and like you like you mentioned the uh, Mortal Kombat um, miniseries from several years ago. I, I think that if you have a good story, um, it, it's, it's, it's going to bring an audience. Uh, and, and you know, it, it, it can if you bring, if you're bringing a, a fresh take on a familiar character, that's going to bring an audience too. I, that's, I, I think it would. I could see people being interested in this. I know I certainly am. I think the X-Men have been out of the limelight enough. Um, 
especially with the the poor showing that Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix brought. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the X-Men have been out of, especially since the Disney purchase of, of Fox, even though this only been a couple of years. Uh, I, I think, again, out of the limelight enough that a, a centric series on just Scott uh, will do well. And I think it's something that people are going to want. And like also, I said at the start of the show, you're believable as a character. I mean, you, you've got mm-hmm. the look. You you have what people envision Scott looking like. You've got it. So, And I think you're also dealing yeah. with the fact that, as you have said earlier in uh, earlier this, this evening, you know, Scott hasn't gotten a lot of development, a lot of love from, you know, his movie treatments so far. Mm-hmm. So, so the fact that it's that and it's not Wolverine yet again, yeah. I, th- <laughs> I, think there's, I think there's a, I think there's a potential for an audience here. Yeah, I think so too. Right. Yeah. So, well, I just, I just want to ask, I want to ask you as any of you guys are, are X-Men fans. So I want to hear from other X-Men fans. I've talked to other ones, but I'd like to ask them questions. Hey, you know, what do you, this is why, this is the part of the reason why I asked, we started this whole series when I was talking to my producing partner. Um, Cause that, that was kind of passed around from some other people. I know we love X-Men. I mean, all, all of us grew up on it. Right. But um, I like to ask that same question to the X-Men fans, um, you know, just to hear their opinions and thoughts. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, like, this is a treat for people. I hope that they really enjoy. I, I'm looking forward to it. Where can people find you online? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, well, Instagram um, under Keith Setliff, uh, Facebook under Keith Setliff. Uh, my company site's kspicturesllc.com. Um, Twitter's kspicturesllc. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Well, thank you for, for joining us this week. It was a blast. Can't wait for the a full first episode next month in April. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. And um, it's been great. Uh, yeah, there's like the, there's a copy of it or where I can share it with people or however you guys do it with uh, after the episode's done and um yeah it's great thanks for having me on the show it's really an honor oh, it's our pleasure <laughs> oh yeah yeah definitely yum 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 working on a secret project are we gentlemen uh no <laughs> not anymore <laughs> and i'm curious to why she was going yum 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 well you uh, know girl scout cookie season has started has. either that or she really has a man crush on on keith and that could be it too yeah that, there's there's that too right. Very well. Um, wouldn't be the first time something like that's happened. No, no. <laughs> but speaking of first times, how about this? Alligator Loki star in his own spinoff series. Not talking Disney Plus, talking comics. It was announced today as we're recording that Alligator Loki who originally debuted in the first season of the Loki Disney Plus series. Um, but didn't he also appear in the comics at one point? I assumed that he had, but you know. I thought he did too. Yeah, I assumed that he had as well. But if, he, if he's a Disney Plus original, MCU original, awesome. That's great as well. It yeah. definitely had us fold. Um, he will be earning his own 12-part comic story. The Alligator Loki Tale, the series is going to be called Alligator Loki, will be available through Infinity Comics, the Infinity Comics format, and will be released exclusively on Marvel's Marvel Unlimited app. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. Another reason why to get Marvel Unlimited. Well, of course. Yeah. I took advantage of a promotion deal to get Unlimited Plus the, the top annual program yeah. mm-hmm. for the price of the regular annual program just so I could get the Marvel Unlimited Annual Plus exclusive um, oh, great I can't remember her name now who's the X-Men who has Lockheed? Kitty uh, Pride. Kitty Pride. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting an exclusive Marvel Legends 
Kitty Pride with Lockheed. Oh. There's a Scotty Young Spider Gwen pin. Mm-hmm. And guess who lost that? And I'm okay with that. Oh. I lost that to, to a certain young lady in my household. Mm. And comparing my ages, both of them were young ladies. <laughs> but we're talking the youngest of the two ladies, who's a major Spider Gwen fan. <laughs> so she's getting the she's getting the Scotty Young um pin. Actually, you know, I should pull up Marvel Unlimited talk because I when it comes time for me to renew next year, if they offer another deal mm-hmm. for the $69.99 but to get annual plus I will do it just for yeah. the, so the membership kit includes limited edition Marvel Legends Captain Kate Kitty Pride figure uh, with Lockheed not available anywhere else I'm okay with that uh, I actually like the look of this figure uh, some of the figures they've had in the past I'm like eh okay this one I like uh, the Spider Gwen by Scotty Young pin um, two variant comics X-Men number one um, of the 2021 series mm-hmm. um, Marvel Stormbreaker Peach Momoko variant and Sinister War 2021 number one Mark Aspinall variant oh. and uh, a sword patch it's the original sword logo oh okay I'm going to be adding Velcro to that patch so I put it on my uh, my convention bag my uh, <laughs> think, the old company Think Geek their uh, mm-hmm. convention bag of holding yes it's got the Velcro front. I'm going to actually remember it because I think I had it at Celebration with us. I think you did. So I'm going to put the Velcro on that patch and, and put it right there with my shield patch. It's mm-hmm. only appropriate. So There it is. Yeah. So keep I me mean, watch Marvel Unlimited. If you're doing month to month, just or or you're interested, sign up for the for the emails because they run deals quite often. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, there may be a deal coming up in May when uh, Doctor Strange run uh, comes out. Right. So um, so yeah. Well, see, that's another great thing about Marvel Unlimited. If a movie comes out, that this gives you a good opportunity to take a look through some of the stories that they may be pulling from. Like, you know, case in point, a certain Matt Fraction Hawkeye series that uh, heavily inspired a certain Disney Plus series. Um, a uh, Brubaker series that spurred a awesome second Captain America film. See, that, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. So, uh, so anyway, the first chapter of the comic, which is titled Family Bonding, is available now as you are listening to this episode. Issue. Sorry. <laughs> Issue. Um, it will follow Loki and Thor as they get to We'll follow Alligator Loki and Thor as they get to know one another at an Asgardian amusement park. Um, Subsequent issues of the series will be released every other Friday. I have seen some of the pictures so far, and they are like, I don't want to use the word adorable, but adorable. They're so right. They're wrong. I mean, wait, no. Writer is Alyssa Wong. Uh, Artist is Robert Quinn. Colorist is Pete Pentazis. And editor is Caitlin Gregor Gregor Owitz. Okay. And if you pull up the Marvel Unlimited app, I'm doing so and I'm showing it to the guys right now, but I'm going to have to turn off my background to do it. Yep. Mm -hmm. But the series debut of Alligator Loki is, it it is the splash when you come up. Oh, sweet. When you pull it up, see? Sweet. (laughs) Series debut Alligator Loki. That's awesome. So, um, so yeah, uh, to continue on, uh, when Alligator Loki was introduced in the Loki series, fans began to wonder if he was based on any element of the comics, especially given the prominence of other anthropomorphic that too, animal yeah, superhero that. hybrids like Frog Thor and Spider-Ham. As head writer Michael Waldron confirmed at the time, Lo- Alligator Loki was an original creation, which came about through very specific means. Uh, according to Waldron, we were talking 
talking about how we wanted to meet different versions of Loki in the show. I was just like, well, there should be an alligator Loki. And it's like, well, why? Because he's green. Because he's green. <laughs> Goes, it's That's so it. stupid, but it makes total sense. He added, uh, you almost have to take it seriously. Like maybe he is a Loki. Why shouldn't there be an alligator version of Loki? For all we know, there's an alligator universe or whatever. So alligator <laughs> Iron Man. Um, it's oh just sort of the irreverent thing that in this show, we play straight and make the audience take it so seriously. Okay. <laughs> so how did alligator Loki came, come about? Because he's green. Because he's green. So do, you we, know, so do I, we name do we name this episode that Cyclops because he's green? No, Cyclops <laughs> is not. <laughs> Unless some of Wolverine's cooking and oh no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I can't wait to get into this series because this means next next issue uh, won't come out until the 18th. No, 25th every other Friday. So the next issue will be in two weeks, 25th. Right. Okay. Cool. Looking forward to it. 12 issues. Yeah, this would be great. Yeah. So what's the worst that can happen? When the series is done, I go back and binge binge read the entire thing at once. <laughs> but what what can really be worse? How about Disney's facing backlash for adding Daredevil and Defenders to Disney Plus? They're getting backlash right. from a parents TV group. Ah. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Has this group looked and seen what's on Hulu and other places? But it's Disney. There's a difference. Hey, you know. So yeah, uh, just like the Loki story, uh, this is coming from ComicBook.com. Uh, while my Marvel fans have been rejoicing the pending arrival of Defenders shows on Disney Plus, which that comes out next Wednesday, 16th. I'm correct. Right. Yes. Um, there are some who are frustrated by the decision to add the shows to the service. The members of the Parents Television Council, PTC, are voicing their issues with Disney's choice to add the more adult-themed shows to the, to the family branding of Disney Plus. You don't have to watch it. On Thursday, the PTC released a statement condemning the decision saying it could destroy the Disney brand. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, can we please? It, this is 2022. <laughs> this is the 21st century. Can we there. please leave the hyperbole behind? But if you take away the hyperbole, what else do they have? Well, here, here's Pretty a much the same thing they have now with the hyperbole. <laughs> We can't say that on here, man. <laughs> to continue on. <laughs> yeah. Um, parents, I love it. This is kind of like, but wait, there's more. Parents television. Uh, I'm distracted on my own. Um, parents Television and Media Council President Tim Winter said in a statement, for more than 98 years, the Walt Disney Company has been synonymous with the words family friendly, and yet they owned a professional hockey team. Um, and I could think of no other corporation in American history that has been built more squarely on the backs and the wallets of parents and families. Okay, does he, obviously he has forgotten about Pleasure Island. Clearly. Clearly. Especially mannequins at Pleasure Island. Uh, yeah, clearly. Um, the company's platform, Disney Plus, logically marketed itself as a family-friendly streaming service, and parents have placed their trust in Disney to deliver just that. Well, considering I have a child who would still fit within potentially some of this context, Eric has a child that's now 
now pretty much almost an adult. Well, 19, so yeah. <laughs> he can vote. He's an adult. Sorry, Derek. I need to tell you that. Um, we have taken off the kids only restrictions on Zoe's accounts for like Netflix. Uh, she has adult status on Disney Plus. The only thing I can't take it off of um, is Hulu, mm-hmm. but Hulu is a little stricter on it because they actually you add when you add an account they ask for a birthday mm-hmm. and unless you lie about the birthday they automatically set how the account is set mm-hmm. and I think until she turns 13 she's under a kid's account on Hulu I think right. it's 13 okay. but she's good enough about not going to TVMA or R-rated or anything like that on the streaming services still I have no I have no problems with her watching PG-13 films hello mm-hmm. the modern Star Wars films are PG-13 right Marvel movies PG-13. Marvel movies so we're okay with that no big deal so um, so to continue on it seems wildly off-brand for Disney Plus to add TVMA and R-rating R-rated programming to this platform uh, to increase subscription revenue well, no no if they wanted to increase subscription revenue they could have brokered a deal with Netflix and take it and, and done like they had have here locally in Florida between, with Universal about Marvel rights and left it on Netflix and taken a slightly better cut hence why we don't have theme park rights to Marvel in Florida of the major characters and cannot use the word Marvel in the parks that's why it's just Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. Mission Rewind or whatever it's not Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy I, right. I, I get where they're coming from because yes Disney for better or worse has had a squeaky clean fun for the whole family kind of thing right. that that is not that I don't know if this person has noticed or not Disney's kind of moving away from the traditional nuclear family values kind of entertainment mm-hmm. but here's the thing chuckles Disney plus has parental control settings yep. mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you were concerned about Jessica Jones and Luke Cage needing a new bed <laughs> then you can adjust those parental control settings to where you're not going to get that Right. right. Which this is this is a discussion that really has been percolating, maybe not quite to the forefront since Disney Plus launched. Oh yeah. Because anybody who has done even remedial amounts of homework knows that Disney has ownership of a lot of properties that are not family friendly. Especially since the Fox merger. Especially since the Fox merger, but even before that. Right. Like if you remember the old Miramax films banners. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a Disney-owned property. Oh, right. Yeah, I, I could think of some of the cable channels that were a part of the package when Disney bought um, the, the channel that had the Seven Hundred Club. Is that the Family Channel? Uh, PTL Family Channel. Family Channel. Family Channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. then became ABC Family Channel, which then became Freeform. Freeform. Um, yeah. I'm not going to go into details about some of the channels that were a part of that package deal that Disney sold off quickly, but. Well, Mm-hmm. It go it adds to his uh, Winter's comment of so what's next? Adding live striptease performances in Fantasyland at Disney World. I reply Again. back. I reply back. Keep the guests out of this. Oh wait, sorry. 
<laughs> Again, hyperbole is killing us. Yeah. Yes. No, Disney's not going to put a live striptease performance. What the guests do while walking around the park is a totally different matter. Right. <laughs> Sorry, that's where I'm going to leave that. Yeah. No, it's, it is unrealistic to expect that Disney would would limit itself to just one certain window yeah. on mm-hmm. Disney Plus. Yeah. Now, if you want to have like, you know, Disney Plus Max or, you know, Disney Plus After Dark as a a subset of that streaming channel, that streaming network, maybe. But again, parental control settings. I mean, look, look at some of the stuff on National Geographic channel. Even the stuff they've put out there on the regular cable channel is borderline the TVMA. Mm-hmm. And I'm, all I'm that's like, on the on the streaming service. So I don't want Disney telling me what I can and cannot watch. Right. And I don't, I, as a parent, I want to be the one deciding that. Right. I think that is where the, that is where the responsibility really lies. Now we, we don't always see that mentality from, from groups these days, but I mean, am I just a Neolithic throwback that thinks that responsibility for what your children sees that is exposed to starts at home? Uh, Maybe. Uh, I mean, I, mean I, I agree with you. I mean, if you are okay with eight-year-old Timmy or nine-year-old Susie watching Daredevil or Jessica Jones or Luke Cage... That is your that is your right as a parent, right? Yep, yep. And if you don't want them to see this, then adjust the settings. Yep. It right. really is that easy. Yep. I don't know why this has to be an issue. I, I unless un, well, we are in the age of clickbait. Yes, mm-hmm. where you know negative stories get more clicks. We know this. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I I saw this coming. I was hoping. I was hoping. I was hoping to be wrong. I was really hoping to be wrong. And my my thinking was if if Disney got ahead of this by saying, okay, hey, you you know, these shows are coming. Now, if if you want to see these shows, you're gonna to need to go in and change the settings. If you don't, this you're going to continue with what you always have. I and to me, uh, the fact that they did that and that's the way they addressed it, okay. So you're putting it on the people that if they want to see said content, they are the ones that would need to go in and change those settings so that they're able to see Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and what have you. You know what? And I'm like, if you're worried that Sally and Timmy are going to see that, don't mess with your settings. You'll be fine. Now, Sally and Timmy, you know, they got friends that say, hey, if you want to see this stuff, you need to do A, B, and C. That's an issue that's in your house. That's not... I'm I'm going to step down because I can can really go off on that. I'm not going to... I'm just going to... All I got to say is, just like you guys said, Pleasure Island. That's all I got to say. I mean, yeah, it's it's not something that you would expect if you're if you're a filthy casual to coin the phrase. <laughs> if you're like a casual fan and pretty much your impression of Disney is singing warthogs and fairy tale princesses, then yeah, it can be a little jarring. I, I get that. But again, three words: parental control settings. Yep. <clears throat> well, here's here's another question: Is there some hypocrisy here where these people on the parent committee are the same? ones who are drinking heavily when they come to the parks, especially Epcot. And if that's the case, are they really parenting? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. 
Oh, okay. Darn. Now, I'm I, not gonna I go want there. there. I, I'm not going to go there because I don't know any of these people. I don't know what they do when they go on vacation. Right. If they right. go on vacation. But I don't... I'm like, I don't care if you're going to drink while you're at Epcot. Well, I mean, Gaston was drinking up a storm there after Bell rejected him. Yeah, I don't have a problem if you drink at Epcot. It's the problem I have is when you feel you got to get a drink in every country and you're so, so far gone. (laughs) I don't know how else to put it without sounding cruel. I've already sounded cruel enough. Well, I mean, there's... There's a reason World Showcase is built on a curve, dude. They can't even walk that. <laughs> no, I mean, I get, I, I get where you're coming from. That yes, there's nothing wrong with drinking around the world while you're in Epcot. It's just having the responsibility, the self responsibility to know, you know, I've had enough for right now. Yeah, right. And, and there, are, you know, and that's the problem. People have no self control. No, and, but you know, and, but and yeah, I've, at the same I've time, they wanna. Yeah, I, I know. And see, that's the thing. That is the quintessential rotten apples ruining the bunch for everything else. So and again, I'm I'm not coming out and directly accusing members of the PTC of coming to the park and being luscious, but I, I've seen organizations similar where there were key people and talk about, oh, this shouldn't be this way on TV. But then they turn around and you, you hear about or see them in the parks <laughs> and they're the complete opposite of how they portray this themselves in the media. It's like, right. Yeah. Well, no. I'm, I'm with you on that one. I mean, if you're a walk the walk, Talk, talk the talk, yeah. period. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're going to talk the game, you walk the game. And that's, yeah. it doesn't matter what game you play in, yeah. if, you know, be consistent. Yeah. So, uh, any final thoughts, guys? Sorry, I didn't mean to end on a soapbox, but well, it happened. Mm. So Scott Summers would be proud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a guy who should never drink either. Who's Scott sure. Summers? Oh no, Scott Summers. No, no can, you, can you imagine he'd be he'd be drunk walking around New York? Says, "Oh, I'm going to carve my name on the Empire State Building." <laughs> <laughs> Hey, then Gene, the morning, watch the this. Concert going like, Scott and Gene, forever. <laughs> <laughs> Any final thoughts, Joan? <laughs> what, that wasn't enough? No. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I'm I'm good. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? No. You thirsty. <laughs> just, just, just take us home. <laughs> Long past time to go dark. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>